Welcome back to Book Talks Podcast. This is Kayla. And Marissa. And this week we read um, Only a Monster? Only a Monster <laughs> by Vanessa Lynn. I knew it had something with monster in it. And I thought it was like, maybe like, I'm just a monster. But I was like, no, she wouldn't name a book that. <laughs> Honestly, not a bad book name. <laughs> I'm the monster. <laughs> so I should have told Marissa a, a, a story, a confession of today. But I, I thought it'd be funny for the podcast. So I'm going on a book buying ban for July and August because I did a count of how many TBR books, like the books I own that I have not read in all my bookshelves in this apartment. And it's 95 books. That's a lot of books. <laughs> it doesn't even look that many books, but like I counted and, and it adds up. Um, I do say some of them were not purchased. I was gifted them and I, and thank you for that. Please not sending, please don't stop sending me books. Cause that'd be like the only enjoyment I have in the next <laughs> two months is receiving gifted books, but I am not purchasing anymore. Cause my roommate will not allow me to. And also I really hope Jen's not listening to this. Cause I can't let her know that I have 95 books that I have not read. Cause she keeps saying, I'm going to count them. I'm going to count them. I'm like, Oh no, you don't need to count them. It's fine. <laughs> Your apartment is not that big. So where are you storing all these books? They're all on bookshelves. Like I like books just really add up. Like if you like, I don't know, if you count them all, just add up. Like what behind you right there is probably like 15 books. Yeah. And I actually haven't read three and like five of these. Like there's literally eight unread right there. No, it just really adds up quickly. Um, that is also why I canceled Book of the Month and Fairy Loot and LeJoy's because I, I need to stop. I need to read what I have. So with that being said, today's the last month, of, the last day of June. So I went to Barnes & Noble because it's on my way home from work, which is the most dangerous thing. It's literally a, like a four minute walk from my office. It's like in the direction of home. And I'm like, this is so dangerous. <laughs> so I was like down the fantasy aisle. I got two books and then I'm looking... I, mean, I, was, I went to romance first because I always oh, go to romance first and then I got two books and then I went to the fantasy aisle and this guy is like has his hand on Crescent City and, uh-huh. I just, and, I, and I'm coming behind this wall I'm like, I'm like do it <laughs> he just gets so startled by me he's like really and I was like no you have to <laughs> literally like a devil over his shoulder do it <laughs> Sarah J Mass do it <laughs> I wish he was cute because I mean that would have been like a really good love story. Mm-hmm. But I really he he got it like he put it yeah. in, he put it in his pile. Oh, you read and I was like every day. He's like <laughs> he's like I'm just trying to get back into it. I was like oh you have to read her. She's she's her writing's magic. And then I just walked away. <laughs> I probably would have. The only thing is I would have warned him that if he's just getting back into reading, he has to get through the first like hundred pages of Crescent City before it gets good. What if he gets scared reading it? He's like, oh, is this how all books are? And he gives up, you know, poor guy. He wasn't like the fantasy section. So I feel like I was like his genre though. Okay. Um, and he had like a big stack with him. I, he was like, "What's which which series do I get into?" And I don't really recommend Akatar to boys, and maybe that's sexist of me, but I feel like it's a very feminine book. It's very feminine. I feel like it's it's only really told in Farrah's point of view, and it's like her and her sisters, and yeah, the, and the guys, even the guys, I would say, are feminine. 
because they're told from girls' points of view. And like recent is very female power. Favorite can do anything she wants. And like, obviously we love that because we're girls, but I don't know if guys, like if they, they'd be like, yeah, this is girly and great. <laughs> and I really think Crescent City is, I think it's masculine, honestly, even in like Bryce's point of view, like Bryce, Bryce likes to get like pretty and dressed up, but like, she's just like, a badass like force you're working with and she's very she gives off masculine energy yeah like yeah. like bd she gives Bad off bitch. that's what it is yeah but and it's told in like boys point of view and in so many different points of views, and she just jumps so well from the from the, from, <laughs> from all of them <laughs> um <laughs> i don't know what that word was <laughs> um so I got into it. I was like, just a warning. It's going to be a crossover because I didn't want, I think I the one with that because I don't, I, you don't, you can't start at Crescent City really, but you like, but also I was going to recommend Akatar to him. So yeah, that yeah. was just a really funny story. How I literally just whispered to a guy's ear. I'm like, do it. <laughs> I do wish he'd been cute though, because if he'd gotten your number and then like you text you about the book, what a great love story. It would have been a perfect setup. Could be like, oh, here's my number. Like, let me know what you think about it. But I did not give my number out because he was not my type. But I hope he enjoys Crescent City. <laughs> Poor guy listening to the podcast. <laughs> I wish he was cute. <laughs> But it's funny because when you said but he had a big stack, I was like, ooh, is that an innuendo or something? No, it's a stack of books. Book and <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my gosh. Well, that's crazy that you're going on a book buying, Dan. I feel like I'm doing the opposite because for my birthday, I bought like four or five books at different bookstores. And then I'm also subscribed to Fairy Loot, Bookish Box, and Book of the Month. I'm just like, I probably should check my um, bank statements every once in a while and just make sure <laughs> I can afford all this. The best thing that I did to actually keep track of my book finances is I write it all down in Excel now. And when you put like actual dollars next to how much money you spend, it stops you real quick because you're like, uh, so like at this point, Minus, the, like, I'm not counting the gift cards that I have gotten and used for Rents Noble. I've, I've, I've spent like $950 in books this year. Does that include the subscriptions? Yeah, include subscriptions and book events. So, a subscription especially fairly adds up. It's like $50 a month. So, like, like I did four months. That's like $200 right there. But yeah, so that has definitely encouraged me to, to stop buying books. Also, so like the gift cards I got when I left my old job, I had $250 to Barnes and Noble and I bought like 10 books. So I really am set for like a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not, not even that many books. Like I went to the bookstore and I was like, I walked down the aisles. I'm like, I don't even think I like need these, but I did yeah. buy two Lauren books, Lauren books because they like revamped the new covers on these two books that I haven't read yet. And they're really pretty and you can't go wrong with Christina Lauren. So mm-hmm. that's my book story of the day um another side note so i've been going in the office every day which i wasn't prior but now i got a new job i don't have to go in but i people are there's a lot of people in the office so i'm like why the hell not i actually don't even have like a 
worked at the computer at home anymore. Um, and I get dressed up every day and I walk to work like I am in a movie strutting and it gives me life every single day. And I just think I, I'm just just public service announcement. I think we should all just that should that should be it. If you just get dressed and power walk to work. It's uh, it's main character energy. <laughs> I do feel like a main character. I'm like, I could be the center of a rom-com right here. And you, I can start myself. Okay, but there are two types of main characters. And I think you're one type and I'm the other. You're like the badass girl who lives in the city but can't find love because she's so badass. I'm the weepy, whiny, crying girl who just had like her heart broken, is miserable, feels like everyone hates her and can't find love because she sucks. So, you know, two different types of main characters. You get up and you're a badass. I get up and I cry, you know, both main characters. <laughs> this is actually perfect um, lead way into the book that we read this week. It's Only Monster. And the ending, Marissa loved because it was tragic. And I hated the ending. It is so funny because... I was listening to this book on audio and honestly, the first 80% of the book, it just wasn't my speed. It felt super young adult and I just like wasn't into it. And then the last 20% with the tragedy, the, the, the love that could have been that wasn't and wiping the memories. I was like, oh, I love this. <laughs> I, I knew I, I knew kind of like 75% and there wasn't going to be a happy ending. I just like didn't see one in sight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We should give a spoiler warning. We forgot to do that last episode, uh, last podcast. Um, and I was like, oh, I got to record. I'll just record one and throw it in there. And I forgot to do that. So, and we, it was like a thriller. We ruined all of it, but um, we ruined everything. So spoiler warning, if you have not read this book, and you don't want to know what the ending is, do not listen to this podcast yet. You can pause it, read it, and then come back. I picked this book because I got it in my fairy loop box. I do think it's a good YA book. Um, definitely not my, like, I think I would have enjoyed it more in high school. It did keep me intrigued, though, for being a YA novel. And there was, like, literally one kiss. <laughs> actually um yeah no it definitely was a YA novel um the honestly if I had picked this book up and just read the prologue I would have immediately put it back because it felt so middle school uh the writing was just very YA and I I just like I have moved so far beyond YA with the thriller novels I read (laughs) that it's sometimes hard for me to go back but for a YA novel, I think this was like a solid book and I would have loved it in middle slash high school. I do like this like one verse of um, our main character girl is a monster. Like she's not like the, the, the person who has to save the day and like, you know, like her family. Well, I guess she technically did have to save the day, but like in theory, she's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. I did like that twist. I'm I'm unsure though if she is the bad guy so I'm I'm I don't know if I didn't understand the world or it's just she's left room to develop it for the next book but it came out that the hero Nick had been like 
tortured into being the hero. And I'm like, okay, well, anyone who has to be tortured into being the hero, like whoever's torturing him isn't the good guy. So maybe, maybe the monsters aren't bad, but then also they are stealing people's time. So I'm like, well, that is bad. So I'm not, I'm not sure I understand kind of conceptually what's going on. It is a hard book to grasp, like, especially for like YA, like, yeah, no, it's like, cause I feel like anything with time gets a little trippy, mm-hmm. but overall theory of monsters, they do seem bad, but they also seem like a cool club that I want to be a part of. Yeah. Like a little, I felt like it was kind of like a witch coven kind of thing where like, they all know what they are. And then there are different types, like they each have different special powers, depending on what family line they're in. I thought that those aspects were well thought out and cool, but I, I'm still confused (laughs) with this whole hero monster thing. And I'm confused how she's going to reconcile the fact that the monsters are stealing people's time and Joan, so like, where does that leave Joan and her family? Because I liked Gran. I liked the grandma. I liked Joan. I liked Ruth. But they're literally killing people. I have a theory. Ooh. I, because I don't know if it said when when Joan's, also Joan's my grandmother's name. So it, I was weird reading her Joan. Wait, Joan's my grandmother's name. <laughs> Wait, seriously? <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> grandma Joan. Grandmother? <laughs> Are we related? <laughs> but back to my theory. I don't know if it said this when Joan's mother, Joan thinks her mother died. And um, it was said that her mother is estranged uh, in one of the timelines. I have a theory that her mother is the one who made the, the, the hero. Ooh. I don't know why. It's just a theory I have. I don't think I have no facts to back this up. <laughs> The only pushback I would give is if she made the hero then and the hero's job is to kill the monsters, then she would have made him to kill her own daughter. Unless, like everyone else, she thought her daughter wasn't a monster because her daughter's part human. Or, like, maybe she saw them fall in love in a timeline? Because didn't they say, like, that they belonged in, like, like they thought that they were belonging in a timeline and maybe no, like, no, I, this can't happen. No. Okay. Okay. Let's get into this love romance tragedy because I live for it. I took it to mean they belong in every timeline, which I am obsessed with. There's a series on my bookshelf. Actually, it's right up here. The Fallen series where it is kind of a similar, not similar, but um, two people who are destined to fall in love, but then there's this curse and like she dies whenever she realizes they're in love, whatever. Grew up loving it. I became obsessed with this concept of like a destiny and like people who could love each other across time, space, and dimensions. And so I was like, wait a second, Joan and Nick are literally destined to be together, but because of their nature, they can't be together which means it's going to be a tragic love story, which is what I'm here for. I love when two people who are destined to be together can't be together. Like forbidden love, I might like it better than enemies to lovers. Which surprises me, actually. Well, because you hate the, the idea of mates, which is essentially soul, like soulmates. But what you're kind of describing is soulmates. 
Yeah, no. So I hate the idea of mates, but I love the idea of two souls finding each other, no matter where they are, like literally could be a thousand years apart. And those two souls will find each other no matter what. Isn't that what a mate is? I just, the whole mate thing in the fairy, fae world to me feels forced, like, like the universe is like, hey, you two are going to be together. Whereas two souls finding each other to me is they're like, they're so connected. There's the universe isn't saying you two have to be together. It's like, they're just connected Two souls that maybe split apart. I don't get the difference. I just conceptually, it's just different to me. And like, I, it's so, it is weird because I don't like mates, but I love two souls that are destined to be together. And then eventually are not together. And I love if they don't end up together. (laughs) Was it Aaron was the other monster guy? Yeah. I kind of was rooting for them too. So again, the first 80% of the book, I thought Aaron and Joan were the love interests that I was focused on. And I was also rooting for Aaron and Joan. And then... That's so actually I wrote this down. Um, I made a little word document that I wanted to discuss with you. And I literally wrote down. um, So is Aaron going to end up being gay? Because I thought Joan and Aaron were going to be a thing. But now I'm rooting for Nick and Joan because they're soulmates. And I feel like the only way the author can reconcile this is to take Aaron out of the picture or to take Nick out of the picture. Well, she kind of took Nick out of the the picture already. (laughs) Um, But... It's kind of the same situation with like Aaron and Joan that like he literally has been like gr- like raised to kill her. Yeah, they're I would say they're like enemies to lovers, and Nick and yeah. her are also enemies, but they're more like forbidden love, I would say. But yeah, like they're enemies. Like they also her cousin gives me like weird vibes. Like, do we trust her? The cousin Ruth. Yeah. She gives me weird vibes too because she definitely died in the beginning of the book and then she randomly showed up and I was like, no, no, no. You definitely died. So something about that was very fishy to me. Yeah, I don't know how she got back to life and then she like had and she was gone for like years and like we and which didn't make it didn't the time jump like still kill like, I don't get it but I get it but like I don't get it yeah t- time stuff is weird I don't necessarily get it so like I guess it's hard for me to envision because I, when we talk about time stuff I don't know if we're talking about all timelines existing on one timeline that you're like jumping back and forth between or if there are multiple timelines because for Joan and Ruth, right, Joan went back like a, however many years and it felt like a day. Ruth then was like there the next day and she was like, oh, it's been 24 hours. And Ruth was like, no, no, it's been two years. So that doesn't make sense to me if it's on like a single timeline. But this is all just like way above my head. Like I'm an accountant. I don't understand this time shit. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I it's a really cool concept. I couldn't write it. No. I it would be, it would be too hard for me. I do wonder what the author's background is. 
because I just I mean I'm confused and I and I read it she is writing another book I don't know when it's released but it is on Goodreads if you click into the series there is another book listed so there will be more I will probably listen to it or read it but no I liked it kept me intrigued for a YA novel yeah I just don't like the name Joan I just feel like I mean but it kind of fits who Joan is (laughs) Joan's such a Joan. <laughs> I, I was trying to think of other names because I, unlike Instagram, I always see like writing tips. I think you followed a writing account. Oh. Um, and one person like writes like, oh, how to name your main character and like what, like what she, what vibe she look for. And they're always like something unique, like something that like really represents the character. And like Joan is like literally everyone's grandmother's names, like seriously. <laughs> You know, I just realized Ruth is my great grandmother's name. Like, this, I think. this author really just like dipped into the 1940s and 50s and was like, these names look good. <laughs> yeah, like birth names then. Um, so, but it kind of fits her and I kind of get it. They do give me like hippie family vibes. So I kind of get the old names. Um but and I, I am confused how old Aaron is. Okay, just in general, I was definitely envisioning Joan as like a 12-year-old girl. And then at the end, when it was all this like forbidden love, I was like, she's gotta be older than 12, right? Like, how old would she be? I think she's like 16 or 17. Oh. I mean, gosh, Kayla, I just feel so old because when I was 16 and I was reading about forbidden love between teenagers I was like this is the shit now I'm 27 and I'm like forbidden love between teenagers grow up you're gonna find someone when you're in your 20s or 30s calm down I don't really think about I don't I'm not weirded out by it actually I don't know I just kind of vision myself as them and at my age and I just picture a guy I like again we don't even know how old Aaron is like he's like I think he's a lot older than he looks because of time traveling. Yeah. I envisioned Aaron as blonde and Nick as dark haired. And generally writers let the dark haired guy get the girl. So I'm not sure if Aaron's going to get the girl or not, but I do need to find out because I really like Joan and Aaron and I thought they were really developing into something. But the end really threw me off. I have the photo. I have on the fairy loop book, they do photos. So your your cover is so much prettier than mine. Ooh. So this is the, yeah, this is the London cover. um, But this is the fairy loop edition. So it's like embroidered. And they have artwork in the middle cover. I think this is the hero. You think that's Nick and he's blonde? Yeah, I don't remember a scene of her and Aaron like this. Oh, that means Aaron's going to get the girl then. Because the blonde guy doesn't get the girl. The thing is, she wrote, this is her, and then this is them two at the ball thing. So I don't know who's who there, though. Man, they make her look like a sexy older girl. Like, that she's older than 16. Maybe she's like 17 or 18. She... (laughs) She might not be 16. She might be like 17. <laughs> I did not look like that at 16. <laughs> no. 
No, that gives me more like Nesta vibes. And I envision Nesta in her 20s. Yeah, but I don't think she's in her 20s. And this is the cover, which is really pretty. That's so and pretty. So the very loop edition was really pretty. And that's why I wanted to read it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I do wonder which, who, she, it definitely was described who could color hair people had. <laughs> I don't remember, but again, I was listening to it on audio, and I probably wasn't paying that close of attention. Um, so I did like I I do have noticed a lot of people like outside the U.S. like writing fantasy, and I think because Very Loot is a a London based or a European based company, but um, I believe this like this author, well, she's from Australia in the back of the page, but. She had to be very familiar with London because I did reference like so much of London, which I've never been. So I like couldn't visualize a lot of things. I feel like she didn't describe a lot of places. She just like referenced like popular places and we kind of had to make our own mind up it. And I just think of like probably the 90s London from like the Mary Kane Ashley movie with like the red uh, telephone booth everywhere, you know? Yeah, I just imagine... The scene in Harry Potter um, when they are leaving the wedding, the Death Eaters come and they like go and leave the wedding. I just imagine like a cobblestone street and buildings on either side. Like that's what I pictured for this book. I picture that too. And I don't actually know if London looks like that. I have no idea. My only knowledge of London is from Harry Potter. <laughs> we'll, we'll get back to you soon. When I go to Ireland, which is like in like 20 days, um we're going to the harry potter library that's coming right up i did not realize you it was like 20 days away well it's uh i guess maybe it's the 23rd of july so yeah 23 days wow. or maybe less than that um i think it's the 23rd um and they have a harry potter library so there's a library i for, i think in i forget where in ireland but it's like on the tour and it's what the library of harry potter is like based <gasps> off oh that'll be cool I'm excited but London's on the list because I need to go but I do feel like this person's actually like I feel like she's been there a lot like from how she described it mm-hmm. like she's not like these like authors who are like not from New York and they like try and write about New York stories and they like put like oh um sex in the city this and <laughs> yeah and they all talk about like mainstream like restaurants and I'm like have you even been to New York <laughs> probably not (laughs) they probably only know it from movies the way we only know London from Harry Potter (laughs) I do appreciate well I don't know I'll see but um I feel like she didn't really world build yeah I had a hard time and I think that's like the same thing you were saying where you had a hard time envisioning things so that part where they go to the I think they went to the monster court, but then that whole section, I was just having a really hard time envisioning. And I don't know, like I said, there were things that conceptually I didn't understand. And I don't know if it's just because time travel is weird or if maybe she just didn't develop it and connect things well enough. But I, I will say, like, I got to the end and, like, I, I have the gist. I know what happened. But there were definitely things I didn't understand. Yeah, I just felt like she really could have described that, like, that more. Like, I feel like she had these really cool ideas that, like, she just needed to put more, like, descriptive, like, paragraphs. Like, 
describe the monster court describe this like yeah. entrance like I feel like there was no none of that mm-hmm. um I did do like I I had it got it on Libby so I did like half audio half actually I started reading it and then my rental request finally came in halfway through and I was like okay um so at that point I guess I was just listening as well so it might, might have a difference but like I feel like she didn't describe scenes as well. Like I had, I did picture the house, but I feel like I just pictured any Victorian house that like any big mansion I pictured. Like I feel yeah. like there was never really described. Yeah, no, that's the, I feel the same way about the house and then the monster court. I actually pictured, I don't know if you remember the Narnia movies, but in the first one, the bad queen, she's like, I don't know, ice lady I was, I was literally picturing her castle for the monster court. And I was like, I don't even know if this is anywhere close to what the author intended because she didn't really describe it. But I literally just was picturing Narnia castle. I think it was actually like the queen of England's house that they use, but like in a different weird time space. Yep. But I feel like that wasn't described. No, it, it wasn't described. And yeah, same with the same with the house that her and Nick worked in, that like old manor house. I just pictured any old manor house from whatever movies I've seen. You need to give more details. Yeah, so I do feel like it was lacking that. But I feel like the characters had their own personality. So I did think she did character development well. Like I, every <laughs> character was like different and you can like... I remember who's who. I mean, I remember everyone's name perfectly, but I remember who's who. Okay. I do have a question about the characters because at the very, this is so embarrassing. At the end of the book, they say that Jamie also remembers everything. And I literally said, who the F is Jamie? I cannot, I do not remember Jamie ever being mentioned. I remember Joan Aaron, Ruth, Tom, and Nick, and then the grandma. And I was like, who was Jamie? He was the one who got was in the room. He was but, the one that was, he started asking too many questions of the hero. So then the monster court trapped him in the room. And then he they were like his all the all the monster history because he always remembers everything that he locked him in a room. Okay. And um he got out when she destroyed the monster. I think I zoned that Hero. whole section out. I literally think I just zoned it out. So he's who, like, Tom, I don't, I was confused. And I think their cousin's brother is okay. something, or maybe boyfriend or husband, maybe husband, I think. Maybe they were, like, married. Um, I don't know. There were, they, he, he was, Jamie was important to Tom. They were married and cousins. That's why the, no, I don't think that. Married cousins <laughs> from think, Alabama. I don't think incest is involved, but I forget the relations. Um, but that was Tom's motive behind okay. getting them into the monster court was getting Jamie out. Okay, okay. And when they got into that room where they had the whole like time warp rug, it was they had this cell that was Jamie's cell, and Jamie just had gotten out. And okay. We don't even know how Jamie got out or how what, but, and then the, in the prior time period when Tom or whenever he was like a guard at the prison, at the court, it was like always to get Jamie out. Okay. Okay. 
And he was also the little boy they went to go visit in that time period when they were in the run to ask him if he knew anything more about the hero. I just literally did not put that together. Like, I knew Tom was trying to get someone, did not realize that someone was Jamie, did not realize Jamie was the little boy. So, like, clearly missed that. Was it only her, her two that remember everything? Them two? It was just Joan. Well, that was the way I was going to ask. It's just Joan and Jamie, but I just... I wasn't sure. Does Ruth remember it or not? I don't think Ruth remembers. Okay. We don't. She doesn't even know Aaron anymore. Nick's Nick's a goner. Um, I don't think Nick's a goner. <laughs> she destroyed him. <laughs> I think Nick is going to find uh, Joan again. And I think they're going to fall in love. I really think that his her mom was the one who created the hero. I want to know what her motive was. Why did she create the hero? Who is this woman? And why? So it was never confirmed that she was actually dead. They said there's someone else and an estranged daughter. I definitely think her mother's alive. Mm-hmm. But because it was never said how she would die. And I just feel like if a monster gets like a disease or something, like say they get cancer, they can jump back to the time where they probably would have gotten that cancer and like got it fixed in time, you know? Again, I'm. This is time warp confusion. Can they change past timelines? Because the other monsters were like, "No, you can't change the timeline." And Joan was like, "Yes, I f- can." <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I am confused. Like, yeah, if you jump back in time, I guess if you jump back in time, I don't know. I feel like the way that they jump back in time, they could change the timeline because it's so you can interact with um people also though so say you jump back in time does that so say i jump back two years does the two-year-old me disappear or do we just both walk around doing god knows what i think you both walk around doing god knows what which (laughs) (laughs) is consistent with the harry potter time travel so that's what i'm going with in Harry Potter time travel, though, you weren't supposed to, like, interact with people, and you especially weren't supposed to interact with yourself. You could literally go crazy. So, yeah. like, and if you interacted with yourself in the past, then you would go crazy, and, like, it would affect you in the future. You could affect the future by going to the past. But then in this book, they were all like, no, you can't change the future. I was thinking the same thing as Joan, that you could just jump back in time tell grandma hey fyi some monsters or some some heroes gonna try and kill you on this date maybe go somewhere else like let's fix this and then it would fix the future and I, I so i guess it's just unique to this author her saying that the timeline corrects itself and you can't change it because i have like kind of never heard that before with time travel i haven't either so the most recent i guess travel travel book that i read was discovery of witches Hmm. They literally spent an entire book in like the nine in in the eighteen hundreds, mm-hmm. maybe nine eighteen hundred is right a while ago, like um like Shakespeare's time. I don't, I'm bad with my time frame. That was but... like the fourteen hundreds. Is it really shit? <laughs> <laughs> maybe even thirteen, because I think Shakespeare's from the fourteenth century, which would be thirteen hundreds. <laughs> so they jump back really far. Okay, and like so, 
it was a witch and a vampire and the vampire was like that old like he lived a, he he was raised in, not raised but he he was around during the time so that time period of him disappeared just like vanished so everyone was like where the hell did he go because like he is oh. his 21st century self popped up there so and whatever they did did affect the future like the like her family that she left in the 21st century was like on a hunt for anything that might give it away so like knickknacks would pop up and like they had to get it before like someone knew where they were hiding because they were hiding in time from the bad people um so that was like my most recent time travel experience mm-hmm. um, where they did, they did affect time, but there was never two versions of people in the same time. Like if they jump back, it was uh, yourself that was there. It disappeared. Mm-hmm. That one, I went into a deep book depression when I finished. Like I remember being like emotionally unwell. I remember you were in a book depression and this was before Akatar, I'm pretty sure. And Akatar is what saved you. And then Akatar put you in a depression. <laughs> no, I read him really di- a long time in between. Like I read um, Discovery Witches summer of 2020. And then I read Akatar spring of 2021. Okay. So it was a good chunk between, but I did go into a bit of like a reading slump that fall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you ever hear that theory that um, Rita Skeeter is really just jk rowling <laughs> i have heard that and i might believe it i want to believe it <laughs> i i cried um hysterically when i turned 11 and i didn't get my hogwarts letter i, I mean i bawled for for weeks like i was devastated i was after 11 when i read that series so i did mm. not anticipate a letter but I, I truly believed i was going to get a letter <laughs> I'm not gonna lie and then oh what was even worse was my sister wrote me a letter she it, she wasn't doing it to be mean she was doing it to like be cute and fun and she wrote it from McGonagall in like super nice script and um you know hand wrote the address and all that stuff and like put it by the door and there was this moment where I was like I fucking got my letter <laughs> but I was like shit <laughs> damn it <laughs> I'm a muggle <laughs> I was like, what did I do? <laughs> I, we we got on a real long tangent. <laughs> I think it's just time travel. There's so many different concepts and versions of time travel. And so in this book specifically, you couldn't change the past. And I'm not sure we got to experience if you were there with your old self, because I don't think they went to a time period where she would have already been alive. Yeah, I'm not too sure about that. I do, um, well, I guess also on brand question, do you believe time travel exists in real life? Okay, I used to. And then literally maybe within the past month, I wound up on a time travel TikTok rabbit hole. And I now no longer believe it's possible to time travel because of everything I saw in these TikToks. Essentially, what it comes down to is in order to be able to go back to that point, the machine to time travel has to have already existed because you can't go back to a point where it doesn't exist, um, which means if we could invent time travel in 2010, 
we could only go back to 2010. Like, I don't know. I was just on this whole rabbit hole and like, I was like, shit, time travel doesn't exist. TikTok convinced me. <laughs> so I love, a, I love a conspiracy theory. And I think to Stranger Things and how like that's kind of written off a bunch of um, conspiracy theories with the Montauk Project. And I live on, I'm from Long Island. So like I've been to Montauk a lot. Like my whole family, we were like in Montauk for vacation and we're like, let's talk about the Montauk Project. <laughs> Which gives me the chills when I read about it. Oh yeah. It's, it's wild. I need to, I think like, I want to, I wish she was documentary on it. I think there's a book about it, but um. No, I, it's wild, and and I watch your things, and I'm like, this is plausible. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, there's a part of me that, so I go down a lot of conspiracy holes on TikToks, and within the past month, I determined time travel doesn't exist, but aliens are already literally here on Earth, and we just don't know it yet. Or the government knows it, but we don't. I'm like, how can I possibly be a professional accountant and believe these crazy things? I do. So have you ever seen Interstellar? Yeah. I also, that time travel kind of freaked me out because like. I'm getting chills thinking about it. So I honestly kind of believe in time travel. Yeah. I do. Because Um, maybe like not on this planet exactly, but I. I think there's those, like other universes out there. Like I think there's many different universes. Yeah. So I've thought about this too because I'm like there's no way in the infinite galaxy where we exist that we are the only li- we're a little dot in the galaxy. How could we be the only living beings everywhere? Oh, we're definitely not. We I, are, yeah. We are not What's that important. <laughs> We are so self-absorbed. We're like, there can't be aliens. <laughs> the sun revolves around us. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, things that's what I think I don't like to think about this stuff because it freaks me out of how big the world is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, time travel's weird. I do like this cover, the the European cover better with with the watch. I feel like the watch is really important. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Also, I am curious of where she gets her other power from, because it says from, like, both your parents. Like, mm-hmm. is her dad secretly a monster? I don't know what her parents are. Or is her dad even her dad? It could be that her dad's not her dad. She could have a different dad. Oh, gosh. If they make her and Aaron have the same dad or her and Nick have the same dad, I will freaking lose my mind. Triggered. <laughs> Triggered. I do feel like the more Entrant series had more steam than the smug. The smug was literally ice cold. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I was envisioning her as 12, because I was like, there's no, there's no romance. There's, no, there's nothing. No, if you... If, if book like spiciness was on a scale from the freezer to the, the oven, this is in the freezer. It's, it's yeah, deep in the freezer. Oh, we have to rate the book. We have to rate the book. Oh, okay. I'm torn on what to rate it. I give this book a three out of 3.7 out of five. If you give it a 3.7, I'll give it a 3.4. Okay. Okay. Um, but thank you for listening. Um, this is Kayla and Marissa. 
and make sure to follow us at Book Talks Podcast on Instagram and TikTok.